Welcome to the Inside Muskegon podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. And now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 55. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Tim Lipan, a commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Tim Lipan, the Executive Director of the American Red Cross, serving Muskegon, Oceana, and Nuego Counties. I'm here with Tim Lipan with the American Red Cross. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. Jason, happy to be here. Why don't we start out talking a little bit about your background? <laughs> I can't tell you about that. <laughs> what would you like to know? Uh, tell us about, uh, I don't know, where you grew up, education, what brought you to Muskegon, to the Red Cross, all yeah. those kind of things. Okay, good. I actually grew up in Carroll, Michigan, small town in the thumb of Michigan. Went to Saginaw Valley State University, graduated with a degree in marketing. Uh, and my first job out of college was with the Red Cross. But it was in Saginaw, and I worked in the blood program. And since then, I've worked all over the country, all over the state, uh, doing almost everything there is to do in the American Red Cross. And then in 1982, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse to come to Muskegon. Best thing ever did. Love it here. What is your role with the Red Cross here in uh, Muskegon? Well, now I'm the executive director, and we have, oh, about 12-page staff right now in the chapter side of operations. We have about 40-page staff that are uh, members, uh, team members of our blood program, and we have 2,146 volunteers. Wow. Yeah. What services does the American Red Cross offer in Muskegon, Oceana, and Nuevo counties? Well, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> the mission of the American Red Cross is to help people prepare for um, and respond to emergencies. And it's a broad mission, and so we do a lot of vital things for a community with, within that mission. Uh, we're the sole supplier of blood products for the hospitals in our area. And that's quite an undertaking, make sure that uh, we can draw enough blood to save lives every day. Um, we're the sole disaster relief responder. We, we have volunteers who are on call, well-trained, to respond to any disaster day or night. Uh, by the way, Jason, do you know what the biggest disaster in Muskegon is? I could probably take a guess, but yeah. I think I would. Uh, well, uh, how about... Uh, something to do with homelessness. Well, you're close. Suddenly homeless, and you're suddenly homeless because of fire. Now, I know most people, when they think of the Red Cross and think of disaster relief, they think of Katrina and floods and tornadoes and all the stuff you see on TV. But to the Red Cross, uh, single-family fire is equally as devastating to the family. They're suddenly homeless. They have nowhere to turn, and the Red Cross is on the scene to help them. We can provide food, clothing, shelter, a hug, things like that. So disaster relief is still very big, even in our area. Uh, another program we do is disaster preparedness, and it's just an, uh, another whole area that uh, we can talk about today or sometime if you'd like. 
And then we also assist military families. We have a 24-hour communication link between uh, Muskegon and every military base in the world. Uh, we're the sole supplier or provider of uh, emergency communications between families here at home and military men and women anywhere in the world. That's probably our most silent program. Most people don't know we do that, but we do it every day. Um, we also teach health and safety, first aid, water safety, lifeguarding, babysitting, CPR. We show you how to use AEDs. So we have a huge program there. And then uh, the other program maybe you're familiar with is what we call senior transportation. You've seen these cars uh, driving around town. they got these little triangle red crosses on them. Those uh, are volunteers driving those vehicles, picking up uh, elderly seniors from their home, taking them to medical appointments and bringing them back home. That's a free service and uh, keeps us busy year-round. Well, you touched on something that uh, when you think of disasters and what the the Red Cross is known for as a response to these disasters, I mean, it's it's definitely one of the biggest things. And Katrina has kind of faded from the headlines, uh, being that it happened over a year ago, but it kind of came to mind again for me in the last couple months. Uh, first on HBO, I saw Spike Lee's special when the levees broke, and it got me thinking about it again. And then uh, last weekend, they had comic relief yeah. with, uh, you know, Whoopi and Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. And it seems like the, the mission's far from over there. Is, there. is there still work to be done, and is the Red Cross involved still? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, there is a lot of work to be done. Um, a lot of people haven't been able to move back home. There's no place to move. Uh, many, many thousands of people are still living in FEMA trailers. Uh, it's bad, but it's getting better. But the Red Cross role is different. Our, our, our role is emergency response. We're the first responders, if you will, with the fire, with the police, and the Red Cross. And we're there to provide emergency help. In the case of Katrina, it was shelter. We sheltered millions of people who moved out of the Gulf region somewhere else in gymnasiums and churches and hotels, and we provide food and clothing. We also then will come back and provide some kind of uh, semi-immediate needs for the first few weeks to try to get people back on their feet. Beyond that, then, it becomes other organizations' responsibility to to build the infrastructure, and most of the time is government, um, to, to put the roads back together, to provide housing, to do all the things, put, to put the water system back and the levees back. So that's not a Red Cross role, but it was the largest response Red Cross has ever faced. We, we, we sheltered millions of people. We fed millions and millions of, of meals. Um, we provided cash payments to people to help help them subsist for months on end thanks to the generosity of the American public who donated all the money. Um, are we still there? Yes, we're there in some capacities. We're, we're trying to evaluate really long-term needs, whether it's a mental health need or a physical need or a home need, and trying to help uh, facilitate these folks getting the help that they need. Not necessarily from the Red Cross, but from the other entities who are responsible for long-term recovery. We talked a little bit before uh, when you asked me the, the number one disaster uh, initiative here in Muskegon. Uh, what are some of the other challenges facing our area? Well, 
within our organization, like I think a lot of organizations, we have a lot of challenges and a lot of initiatives that we're, we're undertaking. Uh, I, I always think number one is just raising enough money to provide the services that are necessary. And number two, as far as initiatives, is this issue of disaster preparedness. It's, it's huge, and the American public and the American business and American school systems aren't really prepared yet to respond to the potential da- disasters that may be out there. And it's part of our role and responsibility to try to scream as loud as we can that we all need to be prepared. Katrina taught us a lesson. The reason it was so bad is because people weren't prepared. Individuals, families, businesses, schools, governments weren't prepared. And uh, I think we can learn from Katrina. But on the horizon is, and you start to hear this all over the media now, is the pandemic flu. And when you listen to medical people talk about these issues, it's scary. Um, It's not a matter of if there will be a pandemic flu. It's a matter of when. And that doesn't mean it'll even be next year or five years. But history will show that every so often there is some kind of disease that ravages the earth. And with bird flu and a few other things out there and with... uh, uh, lots of strains of, of disease being resistant to medications. The possibility of some kind of disease circulating the world very quickly in this modern world we live in and not being able to have any kind of vaccine or medication to deal with it. They're predicting that a pandemic flu will happen. Millions of people will die. And about all we can do as individuals, families, and businesses is prepare. And there's lots of stuff out there. We have it, and so does the government and the health department, but we're all trying to work together to try to encourage the the community to really think about being prepared. For instance, you're a businessman, and we're talking to business people. If businesses don't have a plan, they could be in deep trouble because the experts tell us that if there is a pandemic flu, 50% of your employees will not be at work. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be open? Do you have a vital service that needs to be dealt with? And how are you going to deal with that? Uh, and the list goes on. And you can, you can uh, look at schools and things like that. But as, as individuals as well, all right, so half my kids are sick. Who's going to stay home with them? Do I get to go to work? And just a lot of issues like that. And we have a lot of information and data that can help families, businesses, and schools They're actually checklists. Go through and say, these are the things you need to think about in preparation for, one, a pandemic flu, but it could be any disaster. And I think it's pretty vital information. Well, yeah, that's something you don't consider. I mean, when you brought that up right there and, you know, let me have a little bit of empathy for the situation rather than just an example. I mean, I got my wheels spinning right there and thinking, you know, how how do you address something like that? Um, When you talk about the just... I mean, I was amazed by the number of volunteers. I'm, I'm sure you can always use more. How how do people uh, get involved with the Red Cross? Yeah. You know, the volunteers are the core of the American Red Cross. We're, 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 we're built on the volunteer aspect of things from the very top of volunteer board of directors to down to the line level. The people who are on the street every day doing the Red Cross work are all volunteers. So we have a small core of paid staff. Our job is to lead, motivate, and inspire the volunteers to do all the work. 
And, uh, you know, we got 2,146, and they're not all little old lady stuff in envelopes. I mean, we give them serious responsibility. They drive our vehicles eight hours a day. They work blood drives. They teach firemen and firefighters CPR and AED. They teach lifeguards how to save lives. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility that we give our volunteers. I think why we have so many and why it, the system works and helps us be efficient and effective is people know they're making a difference. We give them the responsibility. We give them the authority and then we get the heck out of the way and let them do their work. And uh, there's no way that the Red Cross could provide all the services it does to a community without a strong, vital core of volunteers. And we're fortunate at Muskegon to have those people and that attitude, that can-do attitude that makes it happen. But we always need more. And I like to say i got got 100 jobs, and you too can have one of them. We'll match your <laughs> skills with your time and put you to work. Oh, I, I like that, I like that uh, pitch right there, kind of yeah. s- stealing the thunder from the, from the final question. But we'll, we'll, we got, i got one more before we move on to that sure. one. And uh, talking, you know, with volunteerism, and I think Muskegon certainly has a great, uh, has a great heart. I mean, there's people involved with philanthropy and charitable giving, and most importantly, giving of their time. Uh, let's discuss a little bit of the importance of contributions. And we kind of touched on that briefly before, but uh, contributions from the public and charitable giving that goes towards the American Red Cross in our area. Yeah, it's tough right now with this uh, economy. You know, they say the economy is doing great, and it is somewhere. I'm not sure we've hit it yet, <laughs> but we can kind of measure how the economy is doing by the charitable contributions that, that we receive. And it's been some challenging years lately, I think partially because of the economy. Um, but we have so many loyal donors. And uh, virtually 60% of the funds we receive are a contribution, a charitable contribution, mainly from individuals, but some from businesses. So I uh, can't say enough about the people who believe in our work and are willing to contribute. This is the time of the year when you're being asked to give by lots of different organizations and uh, it's a very important time of year for us, too. Most of the charitable funds that we receive will come in November and December at the end of the charitable year. All right. Well, that that leads in perfectly to the final question, uh, the famous one-minute pitch. And uh, I'll, I'll start it by saying uh, you have one minute alone with a person considering becoming involved with the American Red Cross in Muskegon. Make your pitch to get them involved. Oh, my gosh. One minute. I would say uh, give blood. I would say this. Give your time, your money, and your blood. And together we can make a difference in this community beyond anyone's belief. That is probably the most direct and to the point and succinct one-minute pitch ever given. And I think you I think you hit it right on there. Well, I have one other thing to kind of wrap in sure. in post here, and you kind of have, uh, I'm sure you have many other roles that you play around, Tom, but one of your big things is uh, uh, hosting summer celebration and getting up there on stage. Do you have a favorite summer celebration moment that you'd wow. like to share with people, something that maybe <laughs> they, they don't know or sticks out in your mind in all the years of uh, doing that? Wow, that's a good one. There's lots of interesting moments. Most I probably can't tell you. Uh, yeah, I, my, one of my volunteer roles in the community, and you know, we all pitch in around here, is to 
um, book the acts on main stage, produce the shows with uh, Tom Schaub. He's my co-chair. And, of course, we act as MC, and that's what everyone sees. But uh, it takes a lot of work. We spend all year round doing it, planning or organizing it. Um, the one big moment. I, I'll tell you what. It may have been, and some of you folks will remember, when Santana came to town. Now, um, Santana was a huge act for many years. Kind of went was going downhill, came to Summer Celebration. Packed the place. That's before we didn't have any rules about limits on number of people. And uh, I, we like to say that shortly after that, he released his new album, and it became a number one seller, and he became uh, a pop icon all over again. And we credit that to Summer Celebration. <laughs> <laughs> and one being on Heritage great, Land. One yeah. of the many great things to come yeah. from Muskegon. Well, yeah. Well, well, thanks a lot, Tim. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. When I think of the Red Cross, the first thing that comes to mind is blood donations. Although that is one of their primary functions, they do so much more, most of which the average citizen is not aware of. Each year, the American Red Cross responds to over 60,000 disasters worldwide. That includes house or apartment fires, hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, transportation accidents, explosions, and other natural and man-made disasters. Disaster relief has been in the headlines for the past two years, with Katrina and tsunamis garnering most of the attention. However, Tim made an interesting point about what the Red Cross does here in Muskegon with disaster relief. Locally, the most prevalent disaster is residential fires that never even make the headlines in the local paper, yet devastate people's lives. Thankfully, the Red Cross here in Muskegon is here to help people in those situations. In addition, the community faces challenges with blood shortages, senior transportation, family casework, and funding the training that they provide for CPR and first aid. Now more than ever, the American Red Cross in Muskegon needs our help. So for more information, including information on volunteering and donating to the local Red Cross, visit their website at arcmon.org. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback. And for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Compost your own comments to the site, view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. Feedback can also be left via voicemail at 231-354-2332. When dialing, be sure to include the 1 and 231 and leave your first name and city in the message. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 55 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear, back in downtown Muskegon after his recent trip to Japan. Welcome back, Jeremy. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Paisecki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com.